0: Good morning. If you're joining us online, I'm glad you're joining us this morning. I'm glad you took some time out today to, to pursue God through studying His Word, through worship. Um, and we're just glad you're here today. Uh, we are going to be in the book of Matthew, Matthew 27. So if you have a Bible and want to follow along, Matthew 27 is where we're going to be. Um, before we do, while you're turning there, I just... Um, uh, during first service, we hadn't planned on this, but but during first service, um, you know, just felt like we need to take a moment to pray together as a church um, for those families in Buffalo um, that are experiencing some incredible heartbreak and pain um, and uh, and and just have a little moment of of lament together as a family. And so um, if you if you would take a moment, let's let's pray together. Lord, uh, we know that this world, is full of brokenness. We know that in this world that there is death and decay and violence and wickedness and hatred so often. And there are moments, there are occasions like yesterday where we um, are confronted in our face with just the depths of our brokenness and wickedness in this world. Lord, we pray, we pray for those families that are experiencing an unimaginable loss and pain and heartache. Lord, I I believe that you are a God who weeps with us, that your presence is most intensely felt when we weep. And so, Lord, I I pray that this morning, that those families waking up again a new day, reminded again of just the travesty and the loss of yesterday, that they would feel your presence, that they would know that you are a God who weeps with them. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew 27, um, if you got a Bible, verse 15 is where we're going to be today. i, I got to tell you, man, um, there are so many times while I was working on the sermon this week that I like, just wanted to hop up and go tell someone about something that I found in this because um, this is an incredible passage. And what we're looking at today is um, Jesus has been arrested, right? So Jesus goes into Jerusalem, um, Judas betrays him, he's arrested in the garden. You, you may remember this, um, or you, maybe you weren't here, is um, when Jesus is arrested, it says that there's a Roman cohort that arrests him. That's no less than 600 soldiers, Right? So Jesus is in the garden, and 600 Roman soldiers clad for war show up with bodyguards from other people. So there could be a 1,000 or 2,000 people that come to arrest Jesus. And they take Jesus, and they have this kind of, um, it's not even really a trial. They just kind of have this mockery, this kind of mob mentality thing happens in the night. And eventually they end up with Jesus in front of someone who has the power to execute their desires, which is to see him murdered. And so it says this, Matthew 25, um, verse 15. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner. Now, now this is all Matthew tells us about this person that we're going to look at. He's a well-known person. But the other three Gospels actually give us a little bit different uh, or or an expanded view of who this person is that we're going to look at who is standing next to Jesus in front of this mob. It it says over, if we look in Luke, you don't have to turn there, um, but Luke 23, verse 19, this is how it says. It says, Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. That's a, that's a little bit more of a painted out picture of who this guy is than a well-known prisoner. It's not just like he ended up in prison and he played a mean banjo. And like everybody knew the dude in prison who plays banjo, right? He was well-known because he was a murderer. He, he was well-known because he was part of insurrection. Now, the Greek word here, I'm probably going to butcher it, but the Greek word here is a word called, uh, that's um, something like lestei right let's stay is the, is this word here and and here's actually this is for free this actually doesn't have anything to do with the sermon um uh the, the the two guys that are um uh that hang next to jesus right jesus and then there's guy on his left and his right those two guys um can anybody tell me what those two guys are um, getting uh capital punishment for and i'm going to give you a warning so be bold be confident but you you're going to be wrong can anybody tell me what what they were Theft. There were robbers. There were thieves. Right. That's how it. That's how it's translated a lot of times. Um, that's a really bad translation. Okay. Um, it can mean that, and, and you know what? Um, oh, we have these Saturday seminars coming up. Did you Have you heard about these in June, right? Um, Saturday seminars happen in June, and uh, they're two hours. You can come, and one of them that we're doing is with Joe Hoover, who's a part of our church, and he's been a Bible translator for decades, and so you can come, and you can ask Joe, why does Sean say all the time, like, this is a bad translation, right? You can ask him these kind of questions. You should sign up. You can text mom at 97000 to learn about how you can get signed up for these Saturday seminars. Seminars. But it's not a great... Tra- and here's one of the reasons why. It can mean thief. It can mean robber. Okay, here's the reason it's a bad translation. Thief and robber was not a capital punishment crime in Rome. To steal something or even to grand theft Larsen something was not a capital punishment. But this Lestei version, insurrection, rebellion, rebels, this was... Capital punishment. So, so the, the two guys that hung on side of Jesus are, are just like Barabbas. They're guys who have committed their life. In fact, Jesus has one of them as a disciple. One of them has, has a title, and they say that he is uh, Simon the Zealot. Zealot, by Roman law, would have been considered an insurrectionist. He would have been considered someone who was willing to murder their oppressors to try and push out the Roman authorities in their world. So this is Barabbas, a guy who has murdered people. Like that is, that is a kind of wickedness that is hard to fathom. This is who, who Barabbas is. But look, look, there's something else that's going to be really surprising to a lot of us. It says this, at this time, they had a well-known prisoner, right? Insurrectionist, murderer, whose name was Jesus. Barabbas. You ever seen that? In fact, if you're holding a Bible in front of you, your Bible translation might not have this word here. It might just say Barabbas. Now, the reason, okay, again, this is... Top shelf. You're gonna to have to pay attention. If you if you want to tune out for two minutes and then just come back to us, you can do that. Okay. Um, the reason it's not there is because um, the foundational English translation was the King James Version translation, right? And it's still around. It's still printed. The King James Version didn't put Jesus in here. The reason the King James Version didn't is because they were working with a fraction of the manuscripts that we now have today. The King James Version was written hundreds of years ago. Think of all the archaeology that's happened just in the last hundred years. Years. And, and so most of the manuscripts that they had were relatively modern. They were within the last couple hundred years of when King James was working on, the, well, he wasn't working, but when the people were working on the King James translation, right? But as we've uncovered more and more ancient manuscripts, in all the old manuscripts, we have this right here. Jesus Barabbas. This word here, it's um, kind of how we develop surnames. Um, it's how they would identify him. It, it literally means Jesus, son of the father. And, and I think Matthew includes it here because I think what Matthew wants us to see in this story is a contrast. We have a choice. We have Jesus, Barabbas, and then, and then read further, right? So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus, Barabbas, or Jesus who's called the Messiah? Who who do you want? Who who do you want to to identify you as a people? Who do you want to welcome back into your community? Who do you want to spare, Jesus, Barabbas, or Jesus called Messiah? Messiah, which one do you want? Skip forward to me to verse 20. It says this, but the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. But the governor said to them, again, right? This is the question. This is what Paul, this is what Matthew wants us to see. The question, the tension. Which of the two do you want? Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And he said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then then." then what shall i do with jesus who is called christ and they said crucify him who do you want you want the insurrectionist you want the murderer you want the violent You want the person defined by violent insurrection, the person who would stand their ground. Nobody's going to trample on me. This is my place. These are my people. A person who's willing to take another person's life, a person who demanded uh, that, that they could pursue vindictive violence against the Romans who'd oppressed them and murdered them themselves. Or do you want this other Jesus? The Jesus who's called the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. The Jesus, the Jesus who's marked by sacrificial love and selflessness. This, this, is, this is the question we have to ask ourselves every day. What Jesus do you want? What Jesus do you want? Do you want the Jesus of violence and insurrection? Of of. That vindicates himself through violence and retribution against those who've oppressed them? Or do you want the Jesus who gives himself selflessly, sacrifices himself? Paul sees this tension in us. Paul, he wrote much of the New Testament. Paul sees this tension in all of our lives. And so he, uh, you don't have to turn there, but he writes it this way in Romans. This is the same tension he's talking about that Matthew's talking about. And he he says this, for the mind is set on the flesh. This is is the, the Jesus Barabbas. The mind is set on the flesh is death, right? Everything that Barabbas wanted ended in death. Barabbas' victory would be for mass death so that his people could find freedom and life. At least that's the way he saw it. But the mind is set on the spirit is life and peace. Which, Which Jesus do you want? The Jesus of violent insurrection who stands up for himself and won't let anybody trample on him and demands his way and demands a pound of flesh for every pound of flesh you've taken from him. Or Jesus, the one called Messiah, who in self-sacrifice gives himself in our place. This is the tension that we all have to wrestle with every single day. Look at how this part of the story ends. Verse 24, it says this. When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, right? I think Pilate ignorantly thought, if I bring this guy up, who's going to get executed? Jesus Barabbas. If I bring this guy up and I put him next to this guy, this guy's just a nuisance, but this guy's a murderer, right? And the people, you know, just a week ago, as Jesus is walking into the city, Pilate saw the parade and the celebration. He's got to think that those people are there. It turns out they're not. It's a different people. That they'll free this guy, and, and it'll all be done. And it'll, and the, the crowd will go away. But that doesn't happen. But rather, that he was started, that that a riot was starting. He took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. Now here's a here's a um, uh, interesting historical thing. Pilate hated the Jews. Like Pilate, who was a, who was a um, general who'd been sent to um, kind of oppress and oversee, at a point in time, like when Jesus is born, uh, the Israelite people had a puppet king. You remember King Herod? Remember King Herod? He, he was a puppet king. But they had a king, and he was the king of Israel. And that, that was his title. And things didn't go well, so eventually Rome was like, whatever. Forget this king stuff, we're just sending a general and he's gonna make sure this thing stays in control, right? But Pilate, like, Jerusalem was not the place you wanted to get assigned to. And, and Pilate hated the Jews. And in fact, Josephus, a modern of Jesus, a historian, um, he talks about that he hated the Jews so much that he would make mockeries of the religious symbols. And they couldn't do anything about it, right? He's the guy with cohort after cohort after cohort of Roman soldiers and they couldn't do anything about it. And so what he's doing here is um, uh, Josephus said that one of the things that he hated about the Jews, in one of these lists, he like, he like you know, Pilate despised the Jews when they blah, 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 and he kind of lists these things out. One of the things that he lists out is this, is hand washing, right? The ceremony, hand, which just should make you really nervous if you were ever approached by Pilate to shake his hand after 40 years of not washing his hands. He hated this. He thought it was a joke and ridiculous, and he would make a mockery of the Jews by, oh, look at me washing my hands, right? Now, we've made this into, like, we've adopted this into our culture because of what Pilate did, and then it was popularized by Shakespeare and Hamlet. You know, uh, she's trying to wash off the blood off of her hands, right? And so we've, we've popularized this as a thing that you can wash your hands of it. But before Pilate did this, that was not a thing Pilate create and and he and he so he he's mocking them by saying fine you guys are a mess you guys are a dumpster fire like you're whole th- whatever this whole thing is a joke but whatever you do what you want right so he says I'm innocent of this man's blood see to that yourselves and the people said his blood shall be on us and on our children isn't it amazing that even in an unjust criminal proceeding, that God is a God who takes the things that are meant to be curses and he makes them blessings. I mean, isn't this, isn't this what we rejoice over? Right? That the blood of Jesus covers us? Like, isn't that what we pray for? Is it, if you have children, isn't this what you've prayed for your children? That the blood of Jesus would cover over them? That it would be on them? And that what was meant to be a curse that would bring the full wrath of God became the pathway by which we experienced the blessing of the goodness of God poured out to us when we did not deserve it. Even the curse becomes a blessing. You see, the God that we worship is a God who takes curses and he makes them blessings. He makes darkness and he makes it light. He makes death and decay and brokenness and sin and wretchedness and hatred, and he makes them uh, good and life and healing and hope. So this is the God that we worship. You know, um, I I hadn't really thought about it till this week, but um, you know, there there were two other people that were crucified with Jesus, right? Um, And a lot of times when we see like pictures or videos, recreations of it, here's what we imagine. Like when Jesus comes with his cross, he comes to Golgotha and like the other two prisoners are already there. The, the, The crosses are already prepared waiting, but there's a third one and they weren't planning on having a third execution. So they like grab some lumber really quick and then they have Jesus carried out. You know what? In scripture, there is no indication that that's true. You know what was planned for that day? There was an execution of three people planned that day. There were three crosses. Jesus Barabbas was meant to hang on that middle cross. This is not a figurative freedom that Jesus Barabbas gets. This is not some sort of like, oh, he got by with it this time. I mean, you know, prison's tough, but he's really good at playing banjo. But prison's tough, but he was set free. No, that was supposed to be the day that he was executed for the crimes that he rightly deserved death for. But in the place of the one who should have hung on that cross, Jesus hangs on that cross. This this is the gospel. Like this story is maybe one of the most clear stories, the gospel you're going to find in the gospels, the four gospels that tell the life of Jesus, is that Barabbas was due that cross. But Jesus, perfect and innocent, deserving none of it, took his place and hung on the cross so that Barabbas could walk free. That is our hope. That for every single one of us that we're wicked and broken and sinful. And we have a wrath of God due us, deserved us. Scripture says this, it says for the wages of sin is death. What we have rightly earned is that death on that cross. That we deserve the cross, but Jesus took it for us the only reason Barabbas doesn't hang on that cross is because Jesus does. And the only hope that we have not to experience death and destruction and the full wrath of God is because Jesus did. Now, there are times, um, there are times, there, there are times um, I don't know if you know this, but there are times like um, I, I'll get criticism. Um, and I'm a big boy, I can handle it, right? Um, not for many of you, not for many, because you. you're still here, right? Um, but I, I'll get and and like you know sometimes people are like oh you know do we do we just have to talk about the gospel? Like, like, what about, what about Sean? Sean, what if, what if we did four weeks on marriage? Like we could, we could just pause. Like, I know you love the book of Matthew. We're running. I'm just hoping that at some point God starts publishing more chapters of the book of Matthew so that next time you open your Bible, it's like Matthew 34. What in the world, right? And, and, Sean, why don't we just do a series, like, on, on, on marriage? Or, or why don't we do a series on finances? Or why don't we do a series on relationships? <laughs> and they say, they say um, like, it's great, but, like, we got it. Like, I understood the gospel. And here, here's what I contend with you. Like, if that's what you think, I think you don't actually know the gospel. Because the gospel is the only message we have. That's what Paul says. Paul says that all I have is Christ and him crucified. That's the only message I have. Okay, here you go. Message on um, a four-week series on marriage condensed into one. 30-second slot. The gospel. You get to decide. Do you want Jesus Barabbas? Do you want to stand your ground and get your way and fight even to the point of death? Or do you want to follow Jesus, the, the anointed Son of God, Jesus the Christ who gives himself sacrificially for those who don't deserve it? That's the question you get to ask every day in your marriage. There you go, four week series on marriage, 30 seconds. Do you want Jesus Barabbas or do you want Jesus called Christ? You want one on your finances? Here you go, 30 seconds finances. Ready? You get to decide. You want Jesus Barabbas? You get the picture here? You want Jesus Barabbas? Do you want the one who's consumed with himself, with his own stuff, who's willing to inflict violence on other people for his own safety and comfort to establish his kingdom the way he wants it? Or do you want Jesus called the Christ who offers himself sacrificially for those who don't deserve it? Like this is is the only message we have. And it's the tension and question we wrestle with every single day in ourselves. This is what Paul talks about when he talks about the flesh and spirit wrestling. Is we have this constant temptation to want Jesus Barabbas. We want vindication. We want violence. We want. I mean, okay, uh, it can't just be me. Okay, how how many of you? How many? You don't raise your hands. Okay, how many of you? Coworker shows up late to work. Walks in. First of all, you're kind of excited they showed up late to work because you're like, "I hope the boss notices." Oh man, I had a dead battery this morning. How many of you in that moment go, "Yes, praise the good Lord!" Right? You have that person in your workplace, maybe in your family, driving home one night they hit a deer or something. And you're like, <laughs> "Teach you to talk about me again!" Right? So. We have this desire in us that wants Jesus Barabbas. It's constant tension, and we have to make a decision each day. Do we choose Jesus Barabbas, violent insurrectionist, Or do we choose Jesus called the Christ, who gives himself sacrificially for us? Here's the last little tidbit that I think is pretty cool. Um, let, me, let me take you back a couple slides so you can see it. Written out here. Um, Barabbas, right? It means son of the father. Jesus, Barabbas. Jesus, son of the father. There's a, there's a minority theory, um, which means that most people don't think it's right, but there are some really educated people that think it's right, but most educated people don't think it's right, okay? So it's, it's probably not right but I think it's beautiful. And whether it's right or not, it's a beautiful message. Okay. The message is this, is one of the tensions that we have to wrestle with this story um, is that Josephus, who's a prolific historian, nobody else ever actually, uh, nobody else ever actually writes about Jesus Barabbas. We have no other historical reference of this Jesus Barabbas. And the problem with that is because what Matthew said, look, look what Matthew says, he's a well-known prisoner. Right? Like if he's well-known, don't you think that like there'd be some little artifact that'd pop up somewhere? Someone mentioned, oh, there's this insurrection and Jesus Barabbas was one of the many people that was arrested. You know, somewhere it'd show up. And he, here's one of the theories about why we don't have anything written about it is because Jesus Barabbas wasn't actually his name. His name was something else. As Matthew writes the book, they, they would have known, they would have known his name, they would have known who he was, but Matthew was trying to say something even in the name that he gave him. Because let me ask you this, When Jesus, the Messiah, was baptized and raised out of the water, what did the voice of God speak over him? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And what Matthew wants us to see is that this unnamed man, that Jesus took the punishment that was due him so that he could receive the name that he did not deserve. Jesus, Son of the Father. You see, at the heart of the gospel, that's the invitation to you and me, that Jesus takes on the punishment, the pain and the wrath of God that we did not deserve so that we could take the name that we did not earn, that he did not deserve, that we did not earn, to be called sons and daughters of God, sons and daughters of the Father. It's all we have. So the question for you in every area of your life this day is this simple. Jesus Parabas or Jesus called the Christ?